And now, right to your host of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw. Welcome, everyone, to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice for your plants and landscapes. We also enjoy talking about landscape design and learning different ways we can have a positive impact on our on our environment. I am Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and hopefully joining me soon is our co-host, is my co-host Matthew Dressing, who's running into some technical difficulties, which we can all appreciate these days. But he and I, as landscape designers and gardeners, think it is important and possible to have a great garden and that are sustainable and low maintenance. And we're here to help you make it happen. So good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us this evening on Down the Garden Path. Tonight, we are talking with Jennifer McGinnis and all about her new book, Micro Food Gardening, which is hitting shelves in April of 2021. Soon, right, Jennifer? So, <laughs> ah, so that's soon. So I'm so glad you could join us. So before she officially joins us, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Um, Jennifer began regularly blogging as Frozini in 2011 on her website, frozini.blogspot.com, and you can find her writing, photography, and personal gardening experiences in her Connecticut U.S. garden, along with interviews with garden experts. Uh, Jennifer did join us a few years ago on the show as well, right, um, to talk all about your blog, so welcome back. Um, Jennifer follows organic gardening methods growing both ornamental and edible plants. She likes to experiment with growing compact and dwarf edibles in containers. When Jennifer is not in the garden, she works in the communications field as a writer and editor, and she's also a professional photographer and available for gardening lectures. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me back. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So do you remember which, so we also know each other from the Garden Bloggers Fling, right? Right, right. Did I you come to Toronto? Uh, no, I think we met in DC, that capital region one. Okay, perfect. Yes, because yeah. the Toronto one was my first one, which, you know, was easy which because makes it was right here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. So yes, that was once again postponed this year, but we're hoping for 2022, aren't we? Yes, fingers crossed that we can come back and look at all the private and public gardens. That's I think we right. can Wisconsin next time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so you must be excited. Your new book is coming out in April and it's such a timely topic because everybody is talking about growing food. I am super excited. And um, I hope that a lot of the new gardeners that experimented with plants last year um, continue the, into mm -hmm. this year. And I'm hoping they find some fun projects to try out with micro food gardening. Excellent, excellent. So why don't you tell fine micro food gardening for us? Sure. Um, so micro food is considered considered an edible that is 18 inches or 46 centimeters or smaller when it reaches its full size and starts producing uh, fruit or, you know, like vegetables. Um, sometimes the vines can get a little bit longer, but you're generally going to keep it within that, that range. Okay. All right. So tiny, but that's good because 
not everybody has room for pumpkins and squash and you know and cucumbers right they grow everywhere (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think everybody I know a lot of my clients you know are trying to grow in small spaces so I think having and which can be really overwhelming for new gardeners to get the gardening books and try to figure out you know how do they grow something in you know not necessarily a typical vegetable garden right Right, right, because sometimes you may only have access to a balcony or maybe a really well-lit wall along your walkway. So the book takes into uh, consideration those specific weird little niches or spaces, I should say, where you can multi-purpose and grow something. Okay, and so what made you um, excited about micro-food gardening? I know you talk a bit about it at the beginning of the book, so and I think that's a great story. Sure. Um, Well, I grew up in the city, so um, we were always uh, trying to make the best use of space. And my grandfather, actually, he would grow things in unique ways. So he kind of set the foundation for how I could uh, consider growing things in in different spots and spaces. Um, And, you know, growing with mini edibles is fun because you don't need to wait till they get three or four or five feet tall before they start producing food. They'll produce food faster. And then, um, you know, in my own area, my full sun areas are in the driveway, which isn't really, you know, the yeah. best place to set mm-hmm. up um, a big garden. So mm-hmm. I've over the years figured out what combination of containers or grow bags or um, other objects that would work in those spaces to grow edibles in that spot um, and take advantage of the, the full sun. Yeah, that is a great point because even people with uh, larger, they may have a large space, but if they're in a mature neighborhood with lots of trees, you know, they may not have the pockets of, you know, the sun requirement uh, that, that, you know, that vegetables need and they often don't realize how much they need. Right, right. (laughs) So we should pause and welcome Matthew to the, welcome Matthew to the show. Hey Matt, did you make it? I think I'm here. Here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. (laughs) Well, Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, so Jennifer was just, just telling us a little bit about microfood gardening. And uh, yeah, so it's, I, I mean, and I was saying how nice the book is, um, and really walking you through and the amount of things that you can grow. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So yeah, so you've, you really laid it out very well. Um, I don't know if everybody knows that you can get plants that that are that small like you know again I think everybody's used to that traditional you know the cucumbers that take over and and tomato even tomato plants can get very big right right um lucky for us a lot of plant breeders now know that um smaller spaces will um how should I say it Just because you have a small space doesn't mean that you can't grow something. Um, So there's a lot more varieties available that stay in that dwarf or even um, very micro form. There are tomatoes such as, um, I believe it's uh, Tiny Tom or Micro Tom. Um, It only gets about eight or 10 inches tall. So when you're thinking micro, like there's something that could be very, very small and still produce fruit. So um, it's it's a great time to be alive because there's so many different possibilities. And a lot of those varieties are available in seed catalogs. So you can, you know, as you're perusing them now and figuring out what you wanna grow, you can look for those plants that meet those size dimensions. You're looking for stuff, again, that'll stay under 18 inches or 46 centimeters in size. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, you can 
also ask your independent garden centers. Um, if you check in with them now, there's a good chance that maybe they'll grow it or be able to order it and sell that and okay. have it in the spring for you. How are your, um, so in the US, in Canada, we're having, or in Ontario anyway, we're having some challenges that the seed, that just the demand for seeds has been overwhelming. Are yes. you experiencing the same situation? Yes, um, a lot of the seed houses are still, you know, fulfilling orders, but there's definitely a wait, like maybe three or four weeks until you might expect your order to ship. Um, and a lot of those places are telling you to check back because not mm. necessarily, you don't have to think, oh, I missed out on it. Like I, I didn't order early enough. They're constantly restocking their sites. Um, so there have been some things that I thought I missed the boat on, mm. but when I went back and checked, they were there. So I was still there. able to get them. So that's Oh, good. that's good. So yeah, so our listeners, you should definitely keep checking back. I know there is one, uh, our past guest, I, she mentioned a zucchini that grew in a really profound, um, I'm going to say it was Astra, Astria, that grew quite a bit, a dwarf in a pot, in a container. And I was like, so I went on to find it and it was sold out. So oh. then I, I, I checked back once, but I haven't checked back again. So it reminds me to do that kind of Fingers thing. crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Definitely. So anybody who is new and who wants to, like, what's the best way? Is it is it starting things from seed? Can you, if you do happen to find the baby plants at the, at the, the hard part is if the garden center doesn't have them, then you've kind of missed the boat, right? So the advantage is, is of starting with seed. Sure. Um, well, it also depends on your um, comfort level, I guess we'll say. Mm. If you already have some experience growing plants, then maybe starting seeds indoors won't feel too overwhelming. But if you're brand new to gardening and the first part of the book kind of is, uh, I'd like to think of it as a gardening 101 where we go over lighting needs and soil and watering um, and you know evaluating your space. So if you're still learning all that and then you're like, I don't know if I can do seeds on top of all of that, Yes. Um, there are plants that you can get at the garden center to kind of ease you into the process. So maybe you'll do one of the projects that um, features lettuce because you can get um, lettuce starts no problem at most garden centers. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you'll choose to do um, a project that features alpine strawberries because those are easy to get as small plants and pop into projects as well. Okay. So you don't, you don't have to start from seed. It really yes. depends on what you're uh you're willing to commit to and dive in and get your feet wet <laughs> okay well i'd love to well we'll come back to that because i'd love to know about some rec what are your recommendations for starting which plants to start and seed but matt says we looks like we have a couple of listener questions yes we do uh janice has written in hi folks i love your guests work uh where is her book available thank you I don't know if you guys have talked about that while I was away. No, but... no. <laughs> yeah, we said it wasn't available until April. So uh, Jen, take it away. Sure. Um, so it's available on um, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There's some independent garden, um, not garden centers, but I'd be, yeah. that'd be great if garden centers sold it too. <laughs> I was going to say independent bookstores are also stocking it. If you go to um, my publisher's website at Quarto Knows, there's a full listing of uh, the the chain bookstores that are selling it in Canada, um, Britain, and Australia as well. Excellent, excellent. So we'll put that in our show notes too. Great. So that people can check out the show notes and uh, we'll get that information. So, and who's carrying your book. So excellent. Thank you. Nice. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, John. 
someone has also written in regarding pots. What is recommended? Plastic, clay, etc. Thank you. That is perfect. So thank you, John, because that was I, I love that section in your book that you really do. That's one thing we haven't covered in our past shows that so far this season. And I think you've done a great job in the book. So awesome. Well, thanks. Um, so you can choose a variety of materials if you're thinking of like a traditional gardening planter, terracotta, plastic containers do work. Um, you could do self-watering window boxes. If you want to explore um, things that you may not normally consider as a planter, there's a lot of items in your home that uh, you could repurpose. And the book um, features projects that really uh, jump on that creative process. So you could repurpose cake pans, you could repurpose um, disposable pie dishes, for example. Um, there's, you know, wooden wine boxes make great planners as well. Mm -hmm. And those are just a few examples of the projects featured and the materials. Um, but as you said, uh, Joanne, there was a part in the book where I talk about the pros and cons of like the different ones and uh, what you would want to consider when choosing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as, as Jen was alluding to, um, not only are lots of tips about growing tiny food, but also some really wonderful projects as well on different ways, like you said, to grow them. So the book is really, uh, I don't know, it's very eclectic, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I really do, because I was excited about the, pro like, because, you know, anybody who feels like a little headspan these days is excited for a project, right? And, and the thought of just growing seeds in your normal seed tray and stuff is okay, but it was neat to see some uh, repurposed ones. And I, and I know I was, um, and especially a few that were for um, even tinier spaces. Like I mentioned to you, the melon one, I, I sent that to Matt. I'm like, Matt, you've got to try the melon one on your balcony, <laughs> you know, creating something. I, I, it seems so straightforward. Like, why didn't anybody think of this suit? Like um, the <laughs> plastic pipe, which his name has escaped me. Oh, the um, PVC pipes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So kind of creating different structures, you know, to let because that and also I think the one thing um, I think the book also could help is getting kids into gardening, right? Because yes, your projects definitely. were fun and and unique, and kids can put PVC pipe together with their parents, and and you know, so I think that's really really a neat feature. Yeah, it was a lot of fun trying to come up with uh, the 30 different projects for the book because it was uh, trying to find a way to grow things in different ways. And um, for example, I knew I really wanted to include a rain barrel, but I knew I had to get something to be able to grow on that rain barrel to make uh. the cut. So, um, you know, I spent months like thinking about it. And then one day it just hit me and I was like, I know. <laughs> grow beans off of one and it was like one of those light bulb moments went over out on your head you know <laughs> yes yes oh that is funny yeah I mean I'm sure how long did it take you to write the book um so I actually started planning it before the COVID-19 outbreak started and then um a lot of the writing was done when we were experiencing the pandemic, but it was a good way to kind of filter all the, you know, the nervous energy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just Preoccupation. Spending uh, time on the weekends working on that. So um, yeah, it, it came together pretty quick. It was challenging because 
I was writing it, I was growing the plants and I was uh, photographing at the same time. So <laughs> ah. it was a lot to keep me busy, but it was, yeah. it was definitely fun. <laughs> oh, that's good. So were you your own photographer? Yes. Um, and in the cases where I might appear in a photograph, I had my uh, husband step in and, and do the uh. photo. So thank you. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <You're good support. laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Um, yeah. I mean, I really, I think um, people knowing the difference between, and you make a good point that we also haven't covered plastic pots, but making sure that they are um, food safe. Right. Right. That's a very um, important part. And that goes along with um, the glazed pottery too, because sometimes um, those can be fired with a, you know, material that's not safe. So if you really did want to use a glazed pot, for example, maybe you're using that to put another pot into or. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's funny because I see a, like a, some of the Facebook groups I'm in that are gardening, everybody's worried with building wooden ones and what kind of wood to use and what kind of soil to use. Like, you know, but when it comes to containers, they, there isn't seem to be that level of discussion. And so I think that's a really good uh, point to make sure and if it is maybe it's not the prettiest pot but it's food safe then you can put it inside a pretty pot you know right right <laughs> so that is good and terracotta what's your opinion on the terracotta ones it's tricky because they're so they take the they're so water wicking right I, I think there's certain the right plants term. that do well with the terracotta like I feel like tomatoes as long as um well especially for the dwarf ones because I was going to qualify with like the larger ones but you wouldn't be growing a larger tomato in terracotta. But for the smaller varieties, they do pretty well in there as long as you're keeping an eye on them and making sure that when they do dry out, you give them a little bit more water. Mm, okay. And I love your tip about planting things, putting them in um, in places where you're going to be, like kind of in your way almost. I forget how you worded it, but yeah, because we've all, that's the one challenge, right? You put that plant in the back corner or whatever and you forget about it, so. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and it really helps if you um, put something along you like your front walkway or by your mailbox like you the odds are you're going to go near that every day so you will see it. And then if the plant starts to get a little dried out or maybe a little, you know, wilted you'll say oh, <laughs> I better come back and check on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. How are we doing that a few more questions. We do. We have a couple more questions. Kara uh, has written in and is asking grow lights. Do you recommend them? Thank you. Sure. Um, well, I actually do have a project in the book where you build a very compact uh, LED grow light. And um, I've had experience using the fluorescent T5 grow lights and the LEDs. I like the LEDs because they don't get as hot. Um, so if they are a little closer to the plants, they won't burn the tips if you forget to raise them. Um, and the LEDs, I found that they kind of do a little bit better for my energy bill. <laughs> so that's mm. always a, a plus in my corner. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yes, and, and that is, you do have se several uh, projects and having covering lights. And I know we can see you on the screen here and you've got a beautiful uh, tower behind you, <laughs> you know, so uh, so that's great. Yeah, and I do look for um, the full spectrum ones because uh, grow lights can be very challenging if you're starting out and you just want to pick a, just you want something that'll work. So I feel like a full spectrum LED light kind of just does the trick. 
And then if you wanna get fancier, there's definitely specific <laughs> specific bulbs and UVs for all that. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a slippery slope, right? Once you start going down it. Right. <laughs> So true. Speaking of going down that slippery slope, Mick has written in and he says, hello, I'm new to all of this. What veggies would you recommend that I should start with? Thank you for your information. I love it when the listeners, you know, lead off the next segment. So I, that's great. I was just going to connect to what we were going to talk about. So yeah. thank you, <laughs> um, well, there's a lot of different varieties that you can grow in small spaces. Uh, we mentioned earlier some of the smaller tomatoes. Um, I had, I, I really liked growing the really tiny ones, um, such as, and I just want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> um, Orange hat, that was a great variety I tried. Um, okay. Mohammed, that was a small dwarf tomato as well. And then Helm's Gelb, that's a, a dwarf yellow cherry tomato. And that one was really prolific. And um, I was really happy with that one. And I, I grew that in uh, multiple projects as well. Um, so micro tomatoes, I think are my, my favorite one. And this year I'm expanding and I'm looking over at my my seed wall because I organize my seeds with a shoe organizer and then that way I try to stay on track but you know by April uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I'll make it but uh I'm looking over there and I have a bunch of new ones I want to try this year as well so I'm going to be growing those with the projects again to to see how they respond and um how they work in the in the projects in the book um and alpine strawberries if we had to pick a fruit I would say alpine strawberries were a great plant to start. Um, they produce berries throughout the summer and they stay small as well. They won't send out those runners like a typical strawberry plant will. Okay, very nice. Can you share any of the varieties of new and exciting veggies that you're hoping oh, to get yeah, to? Oh yeah, sure. Um, let, me, let me go get that pocket. Hold okay. <laughs> Well, Jennifer runs and, and does that. I'll just take a quick second uh, to say thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning into Down the Garden Path this evening here on Reality Radio 101. Joanne and, jo and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant and helpful topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research, from our guests like Jennifer tonight uh, that join us here on the show. So don't forget to spend more time with us down the garden path find us on your favorite podcast app and while you're there please subscribe to be notified of new content like share and leave us a comment so Jennifer, we've got a, a list of some of the new seed varieties that she's excited to uh, work into some of her projects this year what, what did you have sure um so for tomatoes i'm going to be trying out little red riding hood that's a small uh cherry as well I'm going to try out, I'm like looking through the, the packets right here. <laughs> um, Summertime Gold is another one I'm going to try experimenting with. And I also have Pinocchio Red. I couldn't get that one last year. So I was excited okay. to, to get the seeds for that this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to be trying out a few more different cucumber varieties that stay dwarf. Um, I look for the ones that are labeled as bush cucumbers. Okay. Um, and I've had great luck with uh, Space Master 80 cucumber. Oh. Um, so I'm definitely- now Are they like an English cucumber or like a pickling cucumber? 
Um, that one is, I would say it's closer to pickling um, oh, good. because okay. it, it gets kind of stocky. Okay, and that was Space? Uh, Space Master 80. Love these names, eh? Who gets to name these? <laughs> now, do you have a favorite? You can give a shout out to your favorite seed supplier. Oh, um, gosh, there's so many. Um, okay. Renee Garden Seeds, Botanical Interests, um, Baker Creek, they all sell um, a wide variety. Mm -hmm. um, Johnny's, High Mowing Seeds, uh, Fruition Seeds. So I, I think I just kind of go, I, I shop from everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think you go after the names because you've got the coolest names. <laughs> so I think, I think I may have taken this off topic a bit, um, but so Jennifer, what would you say if you were going to do a tomato um, and maybe two other different veggies, what do you think Mick or someone like Mick starting out from scratch, what do you think their easiest ones to jump into were? I think you said, Alpine strawberries was maybe one of the ones you said before. Yeah, um, alpine strawberries. You could you could grow them from seed if you were feeling adventurous. But most garden centers sell them as small plants early in the spring, so you can just you know take the plants and pop them into your your um, planter easily. Um, let's see. Uh, you can't go wrong with baby greens. Mm -hmm. um, th those would be considered lettuce or spinach or chard. Um, and you're going to be harvesting them before they reach full size. Um, so those are good. And then depending on how many times you cut them and, you know, they'll, they'll give you a little bit more. It's not just like a one-time harvest. And, uh, you know, microgreens are also a fun thing to grow and they, they don't even go outdoors. You can, you can grow those indoors under lights. Excellent. I'd love some tips on lettuce because I find it's, you know, we all worry about how it bolts and then it's, you know, and I, and I also never know whether I should cut, you mentioned cutting, like, are you actually cutting it with scissors or are you, you know, tearing them, tearing the lettuce? Um, I have some so growing on my counter right now. So, you know, I'd love to know. <laughs> Great timing. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I, I do use scissors and okay. when I harvest them, I kind of take them from the outside. Um, I don't let it get to a full head of lettuce, I should say. So I'm trimming okay. off those leaves on the outside uh, and then leaving the center and then they'll, they'll keep producing. Okay. okay. Um, so so it produces from like the center out. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, it's funny because people say, often say, you know, oh, lettuce is so easy. But once when, when you have it in front of you and like this one, I, I picked up this little pack from the grocery store, a local grocery store that's growing in soil in a like a one of those clamshells and uh, that you could bring home. And I'm like, OK. And so I was like total impulse purchase. And now that it's sit, sitting on the counter and my whole family, I keep saying we, we got to use the lettuce and everybody like everybody looks at it like, OK, but what do you how do we use it? You know, so it's so funny. <laughs> And I, I mean, I'd like to say I'm, I'm in a, a, you know, more than an experienced gardener, but I still, it's something that's, you know, a lot of people say is straightforward, but you still worry about doing it wrong. Right. Well, or you could just go full tilt and just harvest it all at once. And then you won't even have to worry. You could just go for it all at once and yeah, <laughs> enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> that, yeah, that would might be a good idea. So that was going to go to my next question is a lot of people that I know they do um, like, like they just like cut the whole thing off. Even the students at, um, at the college where I teach will do that too. We just cut them right off. We find it just very quickly in the machines that we have just to regrow them again. Um, but how long does your, the way your technique goes, just taking those outer leaves and letting the core 
continue to leaf out. How long do you find that that lettuce plant provides you fresh lettuce? Um, I usually get a, about three to four weeks. Um, the ultimate way to keep it going is to have different, um, like to stagger the growing. So yeah. if you start the seeds, you know, one, one container and then wait a week or two and then start them again. So that way, when you are trimming, um, you can spread it out over those, like, let's say you're doing three containers, you can spread it out over the three. And then that way you're giving time for that first plant that you trimmed some leaves off of to, to grow a few more while you're harvesting the, the next round. Okay. And maybe just a quick question, the follow-up on Mick, who's maybe, or Joanne, who's starting to do these. How, for like that average salad we kind of picture in our heads, maybe, how many <laughs> like harvests, if we were going to sit down for dinner, in your experience, how many plants do you find that you harvest to like, just have like a small side salad? Like how many do you think we need to keep going like that? <laughs> um, well, I think it depends how big your household is. Yes. So um, in, in my house, it's just me and my husband and we actually have a house rabbit, but he has, he has different lettuce needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would mow it all down in, in one sitting. Um, I would say if I have about two planters going and we're doing small salads um, every other day, um, it'll probably last about a week and a half. If we have less, um, salads for meals you know it, it'll go longer right nice yes. well that's good well thank you yeah let's go yeah. a little lettuce sure. tutorial <laughs> you know it is one of those things though you know when you've yep. done it a lot you you just know it right but uh hopefully our listeners enjoyed and got some tips there because it, it can be done and then seeing it bought you know bolt so it's nice to know so if we're if we're continuing to take leaves from it does that help it um, bolt is just what it means is when it often when there's a lot of heat right or yeah. neglect if and you forgot course. about it then it just kind of um, grows too quickly right right there are um, some varieties of lettuce that or they say they're bolt resistant so they'll take a little bit more heat um, uh, abuse I guess you could say mm -hmm. um, if you're trying to do the lettuce in the summertime where it is hot you'll want to grow it uh, in the shade or with some protection um, from like taller plants to kind of help with extending it. Um, but yeah, it'll grow, I think, faster in the spring and the fall when we do have that nice cooler weather. Yeah. And it does have the advantage of not, you can grow it in a little bit less sun. So that, you right. know, that is one of the, the few things that uh, doesn't quite as need as much sun as let's say tomatoes and peppers and you do a cute little one of the projects is your lettuce bicycle basket so which is very adorable so you show so whether it's in a bicycle basket or a wicker basket you know you you do go over taking out the steps on creating this little lettuce basket uh, for your garden or yard and that would make a lovely gift too wouldn't it yeah, yeah. If you're looking for um, a good housewarming gift for when we're allowed to <laughs> have visit houses, then you could plant up a, one of these little projects and bring it with you to the party. Um, a lot of them are small enough that they could serve as like a table centerpiece too, which is uh, a nice bonus, something to look at while it's growing on your table. Yeah. For sure. Well, and then you do the edible side table too. So I'm just looking at those two, like we're talking yeah. about lettuce and then the, you've got lettuce in the, in the, uh, in the project. So uh, in the book, so an edible side table outside. So that's a really neat project, everybody. So it's a, those are two reasons to get the book. <laughs> There's many, many more, but those are two really cool, many. 
among many yes those are two, uh, yeah yeah that one was a lot of fun to to come up with because um it was like well you could grow lettuce on a table or you could just create a table that grows lettuce so that was yeah. that was fun to put together yeah and you definitely don't like you're not just showing us a table and then the stuff growing like you definitely walk us through the material and the steps you know you've done a very good job uh, the mounting brackets you know so i would just want our listeners that's the challenge with audio versus video right when they can't see the book <laughs> that we're talking about uh but it's it's very uh, clear and again it's something that kids could help with yeah definitely and for all the projects in the book i i did grow the plants and create the projects myself so if something wasn't working i was troubleshooting on the fly so make I was making sure that the project that you get in that book will will work for you so um and like you said there are activities you can do as a family there's mm -hmm. definitely um some tasks that maybe uh you'll want the you know the grown-up to do which might be like cutting the chicken wire or um spray painting um at one point you use chalkboard paint to spray paint a pan um I'm sorry a pot um but once you have that pot with the chalkboard paint, you know, the kids can go to town decorating it. So there's a lot of fun weekend projects in there. Excellent. Well, that is good. We have a couple listener questions. Um, Pedro has written in. Uh, Hello, everyone. I know that you talked about growing veggies, but are there any potted fruits? Thank you. Yeah, um, so definitely strawberries are an easy to go to. We were talking about the alpine strawberries. Um, we didn't include in the book, like the miniature dwarf blueberry plants, just because they were pretty straightforward. Like, you know, you can buy a dwarf variety and put it in a pot and you're <laughs> pretty much good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was coming up with like the, the crazy project ideas, um, that didn't make the cut for that reason, just because I couldn't figure out a way to like hang it from the ceiling or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but there are a lot of, uh, dwarf varieties of, blueberries and raspberries and again you'll want to look when you're shopping for those dimensions of that in the case of a uh, a bush you'll probably want to look for something that's like 24 inches or smaller okay and do they have any additional requirements like is fruit need you know more fertilizing necessarily or something like that when you're doing fruit in a container um you know i i can't say that i personally have experienced that um i would I would say they might, you might have to watch them a bit more for the water, um, just especially when they're producing the fruit. Mm, yeah. um, but nothing's really coming to mind for like a very like specific tip for that. Okay. okay. <laughs> very nice. A good question, Pedro. Thank you. And then we have Ralph who's also written in, hello, new listener here from Kingston, Ontario. Uh, can we start any of these named seeds now indoors? Thanks. Um, so you'll want to figure out when your last frost date is. Um, and in the book, I talk about that um, a little bit about, for me, let's say it's May 1st, right? And then you'll look at your seed packet and it'll say start six to eight weeks um, before your last frost. So I take the calendar out and I legit count back <laughs> those yeah. six weeks and then that's when I know okay now it's time that I can start the those seeds and I know your um your guest a few weeks ago was talking about something similar right with her her seed yes 
calculator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for listening, Julia. So that is a past show. So you're a new listener, Ralph, but um, we did have a past show a couple of weeks ago and Julia was talking about seed starting and uh, has a uh, seed starting calculator on her website. So we can definitely um, uh, check that show out and we can put that in the show notes. But it is one of those things it's not, it's, it's hard to give an answer to, right? Because it depends on where you are, where you're growing as well as the, the type of variety, you know, so the seed package tells you a lot um, and it's okay. And I think I wanna encourage everybody to not rush it, right? It's easier to be a little bit behind and put things out. You know, our last frost date is March or May 24th, but oh, it's okay, okay to put things out June 1st, you know, that's okay. It, so I think I think the rushing it is when people are trying to keep these plants alive for the extra three weeks, right? That they grew them three weeks early. That's mm-hmm. where I think they, I, you know, new gardeners might lose heart a little bit. So that's my thing I want to implore new gardeners is that it's okay. You don't have to be early. And, and I know everybody's keen to get their hands dirty, but um, it's not as easy to keep those little baby seedlings happy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point. And I know in my house, I start to run out of room too if I start things too early. So <laughs> I really have to try and keep it in check. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And even when you're hardening them off, right? And then you've got to like that's just much more. It's it's yeah. So <laughs> yeah, definitely with the hardening off, that's when you um, gradually take that plant that you've kind of babied and given the optimal conditions on the inside and bring them out into the outdoors where there's wind and rain and temperature extremes and you're you're trying to gradually move them into that um that situation so they don't go into shock and and freak out basically you just don't Mm -hmm. want them to (laughs) to be all worried so that's right and that's that's when the spring does crazy things like all of a sudden you get a warm day and then you get a cold day and then you've got to be you know bringing them in and out or sheltering them and and moving them around so um so yeah um do you have a favorite project in your in the book I know like they're all so original, so it must be hard for you to pick a favorite. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I do have to say, I think the strawberry uh, cake stand is my favorite. Uh-huh. That's the one that's on the cover of the book. Um, that one was a lot of fun because it tied into, um, I am also trained in my past life as a pastry chef. So it was a fun way to bring back like a, a cake themed project, but there's no frosting involved. There's no cake involved, you know, <laughs> but it still uses that, um, that hardware that, you know, you bake the cake in. So that was like, it was a fun way to combine the two. Yeah, no, it is. It's very cute. I love that. And I love that you're not shy. You know, I think so many people, it's black and white, the pot, the container has holes or the container doesn't have holes. Well, you're putting holes in all kinds of containers, glasses, mugs, (laughs) like nothing is holding you back. You know, you showing us how to do that. And I was just, it was like one of those like me like silly little ahas like oh yeah like we can do that you know where we all just think oh you know you can't or you never think about it right like you I think you even put a hole in the bottom of some like some nice mugs I can't think of the project now it's gonna come yes yes um for for bok choy that was actually the first time I ever grew bok choy so that was (laughs) that was fun all around but yeah um drainage is so important when you're growing any plant um, and this translates even to, you know, house plants too. Uh, a lot of things that can kill a plant is too much water. And mm-hmm. if you have the plants roots sitting in saturated soil where that water can't escape, 
um, it's it's not good for the plant. So a lot of um, a lot of the projects do advocate getting out your drill and <laughs> putting those drainage holes in there. The one exception I would have to say is uh, the watercress project mm. because watercress likes to have wet feet. So I think I even joked in the book like this is the one time <laughs> that I'm going to tell you not to add drainage. <laughs> And you grew that in a fishbowl, is that correct? Yes. Is that what you yeah. grew in the fishbowl, like the nice big, you know, so that is that I thought that was cute for something that liked water, you know, uh, <laughs> I thought that was a little symbolic, but yes, baby bok choy cups. And they're like this. So when you, cause I think of, I just even sent some to a, a local, you know, our value village here, you know, when you have excess mugs and stuff, what do you do with them? Well, I never thought yeah. of turning them into little planters. Yeah, and those make great gifts too, um, mm -hmm. especially if you have like a, a really decorative mug and, um, you know, you are going to a party or you just want yeah. to give something nice to a friend, you can plant that up and hand it off and <laughs> yeah and if it already has the hole in it then there you can say to them no it's not just another mug you can right. this is I'm giving you a pot you have to keep that plant alive. <laughs> Uh, so get a little bit of pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, I think you've done a great job on the book as, with information, with your pictures, with your step-by-step -step and the project. So to have, you know, I think that's to always, I think gives the, the person buying the book, you know, the reader something more when there's some projects that are really practical. Thank you. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun to to come up with everything and uh, figure out creative ways to grow plants. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I did. So did I. It was a fantastic book. Um, and just tuning in, tying into what Scott has just said. Uh, Scott's written in, hello, uh, we really needed this show tonight. We've all been tied up in our homes for many months. Uh, <laughs> this show gives us a lot of uh, Sorry, anticipated excitement and a lot to hope for for the future. Excellent projects and experiments to look forward to. Uh, thanks for the subject tonight. I can't wait to purchase Jennifer's book. Oh, oh thank you. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I and I was telling uh, Jen before the show that you grow on a balcony. And uh, so what, uh, Jen, do you have one that you think is a perfect or your favorite for a balcony? Um, you know, I, I think the magic melon trellis would, would work out pretty well for you. <laughs> I, I, I think you might've heard that elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know for me. I messaged you. Like, oh. Yes. Um, well, and I just put out on my balcony last year, um, a four by two cedar planter, um, that oh, I love. And I took an old wire trellis that uh, our garden center sells just like Baltic Ivy on a four by six screen. So I've got this like block on the one side of my balcony that I need to put something on it. And I love growing melons. It was one of the first thing I ever grew before I really decided to go into horticulture. So I think like, it was like perfect. Excellent. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, you did say to get a, a, dwarf, a dwarf variety of melon. Right, right. Oh, and that's okay. I'm going to go seed shopping. I got my seed catalogs to decide me. I'm going to be looking. It's going to be awesome. Oh, right. And maybe, good. maybe you want to expand even to watermelon too. You could do, uh, I believe it's, it's mini love. I think that's a dwarf variety of watermelon too. So, you know, you could, you could explore. Yeah, a few different <laughs> All things. Yeah. I could put them two, maybe side by side. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See how dwarf, how what the spread is, tie them up. 
<laughs> now we actually, so even though I have a home garden, uh, we only have a like a tiny strip between our, our pool and our fence where my son actually is the vegetable gardener in the house. And we did, he wanted to do cucumbers because he wanted to make pickles. Um, so we ended up doing uh, chains. So we have chains hanging from the fence and the cucumbers kind of climb up the chains. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. if that might be something to try with a dwarf. I never thought of a dwarf melon, like that might be something else to try. Yeah, I think you could probably definitely do that. You might just need to um, make one of those slings to mm -hmm. uh, support the melon. Yeah. And you can do that with um, like a pair of old pantyhose. <laughs> yes. And that pantyhose will like just, um, you can tie it to either side of the chain and just kind of use it as a cradle. Okay. So that should work. I would, okay. I would go for it. All right, that might be worth trying. For sure, Matt. We'll have to compare our both our successes and and see how we do. I was just gonna say we have to like talk and send pictures and yeah, for her and do all this cool stuff this summer, for sure. That's right. That's right. Uh... Um, Stephen has written in and he says just tuned in. Sorry if this question has already been answered, uh, but does Jennifer have a website? Thank you. I do. <laughs> um, I have been blogging since um, 2011, and it, you can find it at frauzinni.com. And that's um, F-R-A-U-Z-I-N-N-I-E. Frauzinni. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and we'll have that in the show notes as well. I just so, say, yeah. 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 Uh, so that uh, everybody can, and all your social media links and everything will be there as well. Awesome. <laughs> right? I, I'm assuming it's all connected to your website. Yes, yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And we do want to, I don't know how many times we've mentioned the book. So the book is called Micro Food Gardening with Jennifer McGinnis. And, uh, I, you know, I think it's a really cool niche. I really do. Thanks. And there's, um, I also wanted to share, there's a pre-order thank you gift. If you happen to pre-order a copy of the book before it comes out um, in April, we um, ask that you send me a screenshot or a copy of your pre-order confirmation. And then I'll send you back a PDF that features four recipes of food that's grown with the projects in the book that you can use later on in the season. So that's another, uh, my, my way to say thank you for, for pre-ordering and getting excited for the growing season to come. <laughs> Excellent, so a pre-order special. Yeah. And, and, and when's the, so does it run until like the day the book is released or do you have a cutoff? Um, so the book is set to come out on April 6th. So um, we're, I'm, I'm anticipating April 5th is probably the last day for okay. the order gift. Excellent. Yeah. April 5th. Well, that is good. And that is plenty of time. Right, according to right. growing season, we still have lots of spring, <laughs> spring to come. So, uh, so that is good. That is definitely good. And this has been so great talking with you. How are we doing with questions, Matt? Uh, I think I'm totally questioned out. <laughs> I've got, we've got no questions for Jennifer. Ooh, from our there we go. Woo! There we go. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think uh, I hope everybody goes on and so on Amazon they can go and see the book and pre-order there right? Yes. Yes. And I, uh, I believe Barnes and Noble as well. And, okay. okay. And, uh, I think Indigo is that that's a, one of the booksellers mm -hmm. in Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, or, you know, definitely talk to your uh, independent bookseller as well. So yes, uh, we got to show them some love. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, well, thank you so much for joining us here. Um, and, you know, and loving the casual nature of all things, Matt popping in and out and, (laughs) you know, we just do what we can do. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. So, um, so yeah, we're excited for you and your new book and, uh, and some of these projects that I know Matt and I are both going to tackle. So, uh, I think that's great. That's yeah, mm-hmm. I would love, I would love to see how they come along. You'll have to tag me as we, as we go yes. along this season. <laughs> Definitely. That is She's a good say. idea. That is a good idea. We'll share uh, some photos and hashtag the book and you and yeah, we'll keep going and see how cool all the cool stuff your book is bringing to fruition. <laughs> great. That's good. All righty. Is this where, is Jennifer going or are we? I'm not sure. So we didn't know. <laughs> are we going to keep just chatting about the we book? We can just or? keep chatting or Jen can listen to us talk a little bit about what's happening with us. So Matt has been teaching at college. Uh, how is it going with the kids? They're starting to finally grow things. Yeah, things things are good. They're excited. They're cutting, growing lettuce uh, like Jennifer and you are growing lettuce. So they were taking home plugs and cutting stuff for the bistro. So attached to the colleges, um, they have their own restaurant for the culinary students and uh, they they send all the food up there. So we're growing microgreens and lots of fresh veggies and strawberries in the greenhouse. So they're excited and they're growing and everything like that. So yeah, really... have you, do you get a chance to eat at the restaurant, Matt? I have before, yes. Um, I did get to go up and eat it in the restaurant when it was first opened through Landscape Ontario. We went there uh, as part of the certification committee. And the restaurant actually has um, one of the top 20 views, uh, I think, in, in Canada for the restaurant um, or for a restaurant view. So, yeah, it's a beautiful space. And it's all local field to fork uh, kind of initiatives so it's yeah. really cool it's cool to be in the restaurant looking out at where your food was just grown literally you look out you the know? window so, yeah so it's a really neat concept here in east of the east of toronto so uh, so that's good yeah. um so yeah so this is just a little our end we end the show just chatting a little bit about what's going on in our world as well. So thank you for joining us. And uh, so, and design wise, uh, as a landscape designer, and even though we still continue to get snow, the phone people are keen to get in their yards and and to have uh, designers uh, come up with a plan. So I spoke to a couple of lovely ladies today and uh, and I know one, she said, you know, they had her husband call the contractor and had him, you know, come out and, and kind of sketch something out and give her a price and, and he's like, and she's like, well, what am I getting for the price? Like that's, uh, that's not, I can't tell what that is. And she's like, I need to hire a professional. So I'm like, oh, music to my ears, you know, because <laughs> they had done, I find sometimes the people who've done an interior renovation, they get it right. Cause they get how people are often so quick to get, or not necessarily quick, but just get the value of getting help for inside design and, and sometimes less so for outside design. So I think once they've been through an interior design and they've seen the impact that a professional designer helps, can help them, uh, that they're more apt to want it outside. So, uh, so I just love clients like that. So it's good. It's just tricky. Cause I'm like, I can't 
see because we were covered in snow and it's also so cold I have one friend who's going out she's like yeah I'm just digging digging trying to shoot some grades in the snow and I'm like yeah but your hands like you can't measure you know with you can't do it with gloves on you've got to do do it with uh, bare hands so it makes it a little bit trickier so yeah so that is good but it's been great to hear all about like so many people on our feeds have been talking about vegetable gardening and so I'm so excited that we were able to have you on Jen and the timing of the book too. I think it just all, all stars aligned. Uh, so that was good. Aside from Matt's computer, right, Matt? Oh. <laughs> I feel so you, bad. Oh, no, it's been <laughs> fine. It's been fine. I know. It's just one of those things, right? Tech, that's the thing with technology that we just have no control over, right? Yep. So I think we've all learned that now, regardless of what we're doing. That's it. You know. What makes it worse for me is it's a brand new computer. It's a brand new laptop and it just would not cooperate. Yeah. So, and you were so looking forward to, uh, to getting it too. Oh, so excited. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, just as we're kind of talking about what's going on and everything, Jennifer, is there anything else as we kind of round out the last six minutes? Any other exciting projects or, I mean, besides the amazing book that's about to hit uh, shelves uh, on April 6th, is there anything else that we should be tuning in for on your blog or anything else exciting that you've got going on? Nope, I think Jen froze. Talking about just we we're just talking about technology. We were just talking about technology. I don't know I if know. she's gone or yeah. frozen, but um, yes. Yeah, so don't forget, everyone, um, to check out Jennifer's amazing new book, um, Micro Food Gardening, hitting bookstores April sixth, and uh, take a look at her website as well. She's been a blogger since I think she said two thousand and eleven. Um, or sooner, and it's Frau Zinni, F-R-A-U Zinni, Z-I-N-N-I-E, dot blogspot.com, and check out the podcast show notes on any of your favorite apps for all the links to uh, Jennifer's amazing content there as well. That's right, so it was great to have her join us here on the show, and uh, we've got a couple of good shows coming up, don't we? We do. Um, next month, it's the beginning of March, we end our short month of February, which means we move into a new month of topics. And we are going to talk about landscape contractors. And uh, we've got Joe Salemi from Landscape Ontario joining us on uh, March 2nd. And then we've got another um, podcast host, and uh, you might be able to talk to him a little bit more than me, uh, but Matt McFarland is going to talk, uh, join us on the show about uh, landscape contractors and landscaping as well. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so it'll be me and the two Matts on the show uh, in the second week of, of March, so so that is good. And so Jen, back after our, we just were talking about technology, yes. right? Yeah, I, I lost my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to, to disappear on you, but no thank you so much for, for having me on tonight's show. It was a pleasure hanging out with you again, and um, I'm really looking forward to what everyone's growing this season. So lots yeah. of good things to come. And it is nice to do it over Zoom, isn't it? Like it is nice to see each other's faces and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we did okay over the phone, but it has been nice to uh, to just feel part of it. You know, even though it's a it's a 
a radio show, which is lovely. And we just love our listeners and excited that everybody, we'd love to hear from you too, listeners, on what you're growing. If you have started anything, even though I've told you not to start anything too soon. Um, you know, I, I know I've just, again, from all the different Facebook groups and things like that, I know people are, are super keen um, and, or they're super impatient because they have their seed order hasn't arrived, right? So. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, you can reach us. Um, you can check out our Facebook group. So if our, we do have listeners that want to get more advice about growing things, then definitely uh, search for Down the Garden Path podcast on Facebook. Uh, so you can jump in that group there and ask us questions or tell us what you're growing. We would love to hear from you. And uh, my website is uh, down to earth.ca with number two. And all my social media links are there too. So if you need to reach out and ask any questions or just update us, um, right, Matt? And you. That's right. And you can find me online at naturalaffinity.ca with all of my social media links there as well. Um, you mentioned Facebook and also don't forget uh, to check out us on Instagram as well. You can follow us at Down the Garden Path podcast uh, on your Instagram feed as well. That's right. And if you're new listener here on the radio, excited, we're excited that you're here and let you know that you can also listen to us on your favorite uh, podcast app. So later this week, the show will be up. And uh, if you missed it or wanted to hear it from, you know, want to hear it all again, uh, then we'd love for you to uh, just subscribe and, uh, and always be notified of a new episode. And, uh, and that is wonderful. So, uh, so we're excited uh for jennifer and her new book and we're all excited for spring aren't we you're here <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> although i have to say february has been at least nicer we've had more sun than we did in january you know we've had more snow but we also had more sun here in the gta so yeah how's the weather been in connecticut um not too bad we've had our fair share of snow but nothing nothing too terrible um our, our Midwest has actually uh, been hit with the cold snap and mm -hmm. that crazy weather in Texas. I'm not sure if you heard about that, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. I know from the bloggers too, we've got so many friends that are in Texas. I've been following and checking yeah. in on them and stuff. Um, so I think Laura was just, I think she just got water today, seven days with no water. Crazy. So very yeah. crazy. Yeah. So hopefully everything will get better there too. That's right. That's right. Well, we're down to our last minute or so. So we want to thank you again for joining us. And thank you very much for our listeners. And Matt, you can take it away. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode here on Reality Radio 101. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thank you, Janice, John, Cara, Mick, Pedro, Ralph, Scott, and Steve for sending in your questions for Jennifer. We look forward to having you to next week, hearing, uh, joining us next week here down the garden path on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.